Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of The James Wilson Show. In this episode, we'll be covering the latest coronavirus measures and whether they are actually constitutional, including the new mask restrictions when Americans go in public. Additionally, Joe Biden calls blacks who are even considering voting for President Donald Trump, quote, ain't black. We'll be getting to this and more. Stay tuned. Alright, welcome back everyone. I'm sorry it's been over a week at this point. I'm trying to make this a more daily part of my schedule now that school is out, as I am young and a young conservative. That's why I'm doing this podcast, actually. Before we get into some of the main topics of the day that I would like to talk about, including whether masks are constitutional and what Joe Biden had to say about black voters who are considering voting for Trump, I would like to ask a special favor from you. If you could please help and leave a review on this podcast, The James Wilson Show, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, leave a review and tell me why you like it or you don't like it. As I get more five-star reviews on this podcast, it will help rank my podcast better in Apple Podcasts, which will allow more people to find my episodes and what I have to say as a young conservative. So I'd really appreciate it if you left a five-star review wherever you're listening to your podcast to help spread the word about this podcast as I talk about politics from a young conservative perspective. So that would I would really appreciate that. Additionally, you can visit my website at thejameswilsonshow.com. I have lots of interesting content there. Not only can you listen to a podcast on the website, you can also read articles and episodes that I do based off the content that I write. So for example, as I'm talking today about whether masks are constitutional, I'm actually also writing a blog post about that. So you can go read that soon. More extra content you can find on that website. I really appreciate it if you go take a look at that. And then the last thing I would like to ask is that you share this podcast. It really helps when you share this with your family and your friends. If you if you know someone who is younger and interested in politics, this is a great podcast to share as I focus on young conservatives and my perspectives as a young conservative. So thank you so much. And with that, let's get into today's episode of the James Wilson Show. All right, so our first topic that we're going to be getting into today is whether masks are constitutional. So as we all know, coronavirus restrictions and measures are slowly being lifted in most places at least. I know in my state of Colorado that is already happening. However, you look at New York, you look at Michigan, uh, you got the governor of Michigan who's really likes to lock down things. Those places are still locked down, but for the most part when you look at the states, you know, the federal government, the Trump administration, most people are trying to get us out of these measures. Now, again, this is a slower process as we see in this most states. And with that, we see that many states and mayors and you know, governors are requiring that masks be worn in public. Um, additionally, Alan Dershowitz said, you have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread the disease. You have no right not to be vaccinated. If you refuse to be vaccinated by the state, uh, 
sorry, if you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. Now, very controversial statement there. We're not going to be getting into the vaccination part today, but there's a lot of push for masks to be worn in public. Alan Dershowitz, a constitutional lawyer, he defended President Trump in impeachment. He is saying you have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread this disease. So that's been one of the main arguments about why we might want to wear masks. Now, before we get into the Constitution and whether that is actually constitutional, let's talk about some of the reasons why we might want masks to be worn in public, just so we know what both sides are before we get into the argument why it might not be such a good idea to force these rules upon American citizens. So first, masks protect other people. Whether you like it or not, you know, obviously I hate wearing a mask. It's very irritating and inconvenient. You're helping to protect other people. It is helping stop your germs from getting in other people's mouths and areas that could cause them to get the coronavirus. And as we'll get to in a second, the coronavirus is not as serious as we originally thought it was, but still, it can help prevent the coronavirus. And in the older generations, uh, people who are a little bit older who are more at risk or people with pre-existing conditions, that will obviously help. Uh, The death count of the coronavirus just passed over 100,000 deaths. So this is serious, but restrictions can be taken where they're needed. So that's the first argument that many people who want masks um, in public to be worn. That's the first argument they have. Again, you can still flatten the curve. Many people are in favor of easing up restrictions, but doing it slowly. And masks help protect that, prevent that, help us get back to work without spreading the disease as much as possible. And then the last thing is it will have less damaging effects. It will have slower spread. So those are just the main arguments of why we might want to require masks in public. And it's important to understand the other side when it comes to issues like this, because if you don't understand the other side, you don't really know what you're arguing or debating for. So it's important to understand why masks might be helpful and what arguments the other side is making. Or I won't call it arguments, I'll call it debate. Why might this not be a good idea? Now, the first thing, this is going to sound a little selfish, but it is inconvenient. Uh, I've talked to many people, and I've found it hard to find someone who enjoys wearing their masks. And so that's the first thing. It's it's inconvenient to wear. Uh, The second thing is that it creates a more oppressive government. While it does make sense, again, we went over some of the arguments, it does make sense that you can do your part and help protect other people. It still creates a more oppressive government that oppresses our liberties. And as we look back on the coronavirus in history, this should be considered a critical growth in the government. We've seen the government grown many times, and that is uh, more likely than not around times during crisis, around, you know, wars, crisis such as pandemics or the coronavirus. This is where the government takes the opportunity to grow to give themselves a reason why they need to encroach in your lives even further. If you want to read more about that, I have an article called The Big Government Mentality. You can visit it at thejameswilsonshow.com and just search for it in the search bar. I won't get into that too much more. But the fact of the matter is when we have crisis, when we have war, the government is going to use it as an opportunity to try and get bigger. 
It's going to use it as an opportunity to try to get more into people's lives. And the bigger government you have, the less liberties you're also going to have. So, for example, if the government wants to provide everyone with masks and they must wear that masks in public, that is, while it is trying to come up with a solution, it is using it as a, cr a crisis as a time where it can get better and excuse itself from getting bigger. And all of a sudden, you eliminated people's choice to wear a mask or not to wear a mask. Now, additionally, this comes with many different inconvenient truths that we have to talk about with masks and how this will actually be enforced. So for some states, they haven't even opened up yet. So we, it's hard to discuss the constitutionality of this if some states are doing this, some states aren't, and some states aren't even to that point even when they really should be opening up at this point. Last thing I say before we go into how this would actually be monitored, which is also an interesting question, is we the people. That's the first three words of the Constitution. We the people. That invests power to the people, not the government. And while some may disagree that everyone should be forced to wear masks, the Constitution specifically grants individual rights to govern themselves. Now, obviously, there are still laws in this country. Anarchy is terrible and should never happen. But the people govern for the most part. They elect their officials. They decide what happens. The officials are supposed to listen to the people. But when officials are crushing that individual liberty, telling people what they can and cannot do, that kind of destroys our Constitution when you start to think about it. Another important question that we have to ask ourselves is how exactly will this be monitored? Because that's a very important question when it comes to how will it be enforced, which also has to do with whether it will be constitutional, constitutional or not. So let's, let's just give a couple of examples of where this may become hard to monitor or, you know, hard to enforce because it doesn't actually make very much sense for the situation. So the first example I have is exercise. Uh, there's an example of a runner fainting because they were wearing a mask. We all know that when you exercise, you need lots of oxygen. And masks don't prevent you from getting oxygen, but they definitely make it harder. We've all worn masks at this point, at least most of us. And it is di more difficult to breathe than if you didn't have a cloth over your face. So that's just the first example. If someone is exercising, does that mean they can't run because they need more oxygen than what the mask is able to provide so then are we not allowing runners to run who may not be able to run with a mask on and that's a one important question to ask additionally if i'm in my backyard do i have to wear a mask you know additionally you know if i'm in a place where no one else is if i am just walking in the park and no one else is in the park am i required to wear a mask now in these cases, I, not with the backyard example, because that is private property, but if I'm walking at a park with no people, it is still, by the law that many of these governors and local authorities are enforcing, I could still get arrested, even though no one else is around. So that doesn't make very much sense. It also seems like a government overreach. Children, you know, they're not always good about wearing their masks. Is that something that, could children be arrested? Will parents be held accountable for it? If the child accidentally takes off their mask, is that something that could happen and could the parent get arrested for that? If someone simply forgot to wear a mask, 
I mean, this the coronavirus is still relatively new as of this year, and many people are used to wearing masks in public at their job at school. So is this something that all of a sudden is going to be enforced and you can be arrested right on the spot for simply forgetting one time? And the clear pattern that we start to see here is while it may have good intentions, this is actually way too hard to enforce. And for for matters simply just because you don't know if people are able to follow it, if they forget, if they have kids, you know, if they're not around anyone, if they're in a restaurant and they want to eat, you know, like all of these questions you have to ask yourself. And when you start to, to look at it, it, it becomes very clear um, to realize that this isn't really going to be able to be enforced in the ways that many governors and local authorities are going to want to do it. Okay, so the next thing I would like to talk about is Joe Biden and something that he happened to say um, la- or later last week. And Joe Biden sat down on Friday um, with a, on a popular radio show, The Breakfast Club. Now, normally we talk about bloopers, how we can't string a sentence together, how 2020 is really going to look bad for him with the current Democratic strategy with Bernie Sanders and the socialist progressive versus moderate break in the Democratic Party. But today, Joe Biden, earlier last week, rather, Joe Biden said something that was really kind of interesting we need to talk about because he kind of brings up identity politics in a strange and unusual way, saying the quiet part out loud. So the host said, listen, you got to come see us when you're in, when you come to New York, Vice President. Um, It's a long way until November. We got more questions. And Biden said, you got more questions? Well, I'll tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. (laughs) I'll read that again. You got more questions? Well, I'll tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Very interesting to say from Joe Biden, saying the quiet part out loud for for many people who maybe feel the same way, to be honest. So here's what Joe Biden meant when he said that. Obviously, it's a little confusing to say, then you ain't black when you are black. Um, But this kind of plays into uh, identity politics. And this is really what Joe Biden meant. So let's talk about some of the things that Joe Biden meant when he said this. The first is you can't be conservative and black. If you are black, you must side with the liberals or something is wrong. So if you are a black person and you're conservative, then your opinion no longer matters. If you're black and are liberal, then you're a victim and your opinion completely matters. Now, again, this is just making race an issue in the first place. I just wouldn't it be great if we could all agree that you can be black and conservative. You could be black and liberal. You can be white and conservative. You can be white and liberal. Race should not be an issue here. It shouldn't matter whether blacks are conservatives or liberals. Now, of course, I want a conservative majority because conservative values are what are going to keep America alive in the future. But just because you are a specific race doesn't mean you have to correlate with a specific party or identify with a specific party. That doesn't make any sense at all. But what Joe Biden is saying is if you are conservative and you are black, then you are politically not black, which does not make any sense that your opinion doesn't matter as much as someone who is liberal and black. You don't have the experiences as someone who is black. So all interesting 
stuff to say from Joe Biden. The second thing he meant was black voters should understand by now that Trump is racist. And in reality, Trump is not racist. He has created some of the lowest unemployment rates, at least before the coronavirus, because the coronavirus was expected and China lied to us about the data. So it was hard to come up with a solution at that time. But before that, lowest black unemployment rate. He was helping people get off the food stamp program. 9 to 11 million people is what he estimated at the State of the Union. But what Joe Biden is saying what he's essentially saying, he didn't say it out loud, but that Trump is racist. That's what he's trying to say, that you can't be black and vote for Trump because Trump's racist. And that does not make any sense with Trump's political record as he has helped so many black Americans in our country today. The third thing Joe Biden said is that he thinks he should win all of the black votes, which is an interesting political strategy when you start to look at it, telling black people that they shouldn't vote for Trump because Trump's a racist, so you have to vote for me. Now, these are Joe Biden's words, not mine, and he later defended it, saying, The bottom line of all is this perhaps is this perhaps I was much too cavalier. I know that the comments have come off like I was t- taking the African American vote for granted for nothing, but nothing could be further from the truth. I shouldn't have, have been such a wise guy. Well, interesting to say, Joe Biden, because that is kind of what you meant. Now, the last thing before we go is talking about the media response to this all. Now, normally this would be a pretty big story if a conservative said something like this. If a conservative made race an issue, saying, you know, if you're thinking about voting for Joe Biden, then you ain't black. You know, if a conservative said that, the media would be blowing up, which just explo- it explains sort of the media bias behind this all. Whether, you know, is the media really fair? Are they really treating conservative and liberal news the same? If Joe Biden says something, is it treated the same as if Donald Trump said the same thing? Clearly not, because the media has almost forgotten this, where if a conservative were to say something like this, this would be on the news forever. Now, let's watch, because this is bound to happen again. I... I Take my word for it. If this is something is said like this again, an identity politics statement about being black or not being black because of your political opinions, it will depend on whether the person is liberal or conservative. If it is a conservative, the media will blow up. And take my word for that. We'll be talking about that whenever that comes up and the media response to that. But it's important to note that there was no media response. The media almost completely forgot about that. And why? Because Joe Biden is the hope for the Democratic Party. Interesting to see since CNN claims they're neutral. So that's it for this episode of The James Wilson Show. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back tomorrow, Friday, May 29th.